streaming, Camille. Let me see now if it's up now. We've got Paige. Poor Mamie, I deserted her, but that baby's not screaming. Oh, look, look. It's screaming. Ha ha. It's green. It's working. You did it, girlfriend. And there's Bess, so everybody's good. There's Bess. Right there. Okay, yep. Now I'm going to hand these to the Well, let's just say, I don't know whether to go back there and save Mammy. What she sound like? I mean, if he's not crying. If he's not crying, don't walk in the room and make
Good morning and welcome to Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. Before we begin worship, I have a few announcements. We love to welcome visitors, especially first-time visitors. For those who are with us today for the first time, please raise your hand. We have a small gift for you to remember us by and to share a little bit more about our church. First time. Should you need it? A restroom is under the stairwell through the corner, this corner. There are friendship registers in each pew that let us know of your presence this morning. Please sign and pass along to your neighbors. If you're visiting today, there's a space for you to contact for, to leave your contact information and we'll gladly be in touch. The nursery is over in the ministry center and welcomes children ages six and under at any time during the service. Welcome again, welcome Dave Holloway, who is our interim pastor while Pastor Sanders is on, on sabbatical this month. Thank you for being with us, Dan. The flowers in the sanctuary today are given to the glory of God by Beth Van Hastrick in, in memory of her father, Bill Bryan, and her husband, John Van Hastrick. There will be a special congregational meeting immediately after worship next Sunday with the purpose of electing an elder to fulfill the remaining 18-month term of uh, the vacant position on session. We hope you can all be here. Please refer to your bulletin for any additional announcements. Now let us attune our hearts to worship as we hear the prelude.
and your discouragement. Come with your doubts, your fears, and your longings. Come to discover yet again how Jesus reveals God's love and mercy. Come in friendship to God and to each other, and in friendship to the world, to listen for God's word to us, to offer our prayers, and to renew our calling. Friends of God, let us worship. Let us bow our heads for the opening prayer. Loving, living God, be among us now. Show us your ways. Guide our steps. Live in us that we may be people of steadfast hope and powerful giving. Help us hear your words, challenging us to give you all the things that are yours. Help us to remember that all we are and all we have are gifts from you gifts to be shared in service and love. Holy One among us, help us be a holy people who receive your word with joy and live your message with love. Amen. Let us remain standing as we sing hymn number 376, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling.
say we have no sin, we are self-deceived and strangers to the truth. But if we confess our sin, God is just and may be trusted to forgive every kind of wrongdoing. Believing these words of promise, let us now share together the time of confession. First of all, together, and then in silence. Let us pray. God, we confess that we are an impatient and selfish people. When you offer us the promise of a new future, we complain that you don't get there fast enough. When you provide for our needs, we complain that it isn't enough. And when our bad attitudes and negative outlooks cause us to stumble, we blame you. Holy God, forgive our sinful ways. Teach us to be patient. Instruct us to be grateful. Guide us to be responsible and humble. As we turn ourselves around and look to the cross, let us experience your grace and your gift of new life. In the name of Christ our Savior, we pray. Amen. Hear, O oh God, the prayers you have spoken aloud and the prayers of our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Gracious Lord, like Nicodemus, we pray. 
come to the word with many questions. Like the Pharisees, we can be captivated, captivated by correctness, intent on right action. As we turn to your word, Spirit of God, do not let our desire for information dominate our need for transformation. Let us hear the word and be moved to greater faith and obedience. Amen. Now we will have our Old Testament reading from Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Glory to the Lord over the waters, the glory of God's Son, the Lord of the mighty waters. The glory of the Lord is power, the glory of the Lord is full of majesty. The glory of the Lord breaks the seers, the Lord breaks the seers of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon steering like a cat, and steering like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness and cage. The voice of the Lord calls the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned on his blood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go in grace.
have to help my knee. Where have you gone, Joe Benaggio? 
Mason turns his lonely eyes to you. What's that you say, Mrs. Robinson? Jolt and Joe has left and gone away. But in a 60 Minutes interview, a little bit after that, Paul Simon shared that a few months after the song was released, he received a letter from the real Joe DiMaggio. Rich DiMaggio expressed his confusion over the meaning of the song. DiMaggio wrote, what do you mean, where have I gone? I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still here selling Mr. Coffee Machines. Simon smiled proudly at interviewer Mike Wallace and said, Obviously, Mr. DiMaggio was not accustomed to thinking of himself as a metaphor. Well, I doubt that many of us are. Professor Scott Rosie put it this way, most if not all of us see ourselves as real people with literal identities. For instance, I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a committee member, I'm a volunteer, I'm a son. These are all straightforward descriptions of who I am in relationship to the people around me. Like most of you, I cannot really conceive of myself as a symbol for something. Indeed, if someone came up to you at a party and said, you are my shelter from the storms of life. You might wonder if they had a little too much to drink. Our eyes would widen if someone said to us, I am the oil that loops my company's machine, or I am the antibody that shields my family from the virus of secularism. We just don't normally communicate that way, right? Metaphors can be tough. And yet today's text contains one of the most important metaphors to be found in all of Scripture. It's the phrase, born again, or as our text this morning translates it, born from a love. What does that phrase, I would say that metaphor, actually mean? It's a very important question these days, especially with all of the cultural division going on around that very phrase. So let's talk about that this morning. Maybe even find out that there's a surprise or two around this phrase, born from above or born again. Let's think about that as we look at a Pharisee whose name was Nicodemus. Now, the first thing we notice about Nicodemus is that he is a seeker. There is something going on in his life and he seeks answers to his questions in a conversation with Jesus. Now, I have to confess to you this morning that my understanding of what those questions were has changed some over the years. When I was a younger pastor, I tended to think of Nicodemus as a young man, kind of like me, trying to start up his career, forming a family, and making those important early choices that all young adults make. Perhaps he was wondering where faith fit into all of this, whether Jesus was a part of a successful life. Was this a part, you may have wondered, of climbing the ladder? When I preached this text, though, in my middle years of ministry, I tended to think of it more as a mid-career crisis, where Nicodemus was finding many of his answers to have been inadequate. The younger years had been okay, but he was still having some struggles. Perhaps he was wondering, in middle age, is that all there is? Well, imagine my surprise on preaching this service, this text again later in life to find out that in fact, in fact, Nicodemus was an old guy, kind of like me. It's pretty obvious from the words of the text, how can one enter into his mother's womb when he is old? 
Here he is approaching his retirement years, and now the question is, are you ready for a fresh start, Nicodemus? John Buchanan, pastor and former moderator of the General Assembly, said it this way about Nicodemus once. He said he's settled, he's certain, he's sure of himself, his accomplishments, his lifetime of devotion to his nation, his religion, and his law. He's thinking maybe even about retirement. He's still very much alive intellectually and spiritually, but certainly not much planning for the future is going on at this point. And then here comes this Jesus saying, you must be born anew. But whatever it was that was driving the question to Nicodemus, what we know with absolute certainty is that he comes at night under the cover of darkness. Nicodemus may be searching for answers. He is not fully on board yet, not even fully sure he knows what he is looking for. Perhaps that is the way it is for many of us. As well. We know we're searching for something, but it's not exactly clear what that something is, and we just aren't quite ready to jump in at first. If that is the case with us, we certainly have a soulmate in Nicodemus. But whatever it was Nicodemus thought he was coming to find, nothing could have prepared him to hear the words he finally heard. Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above, or another way to say it is, being born again or born anew, which is the way Nicodemus heard it. And it made absolutely no sense to him. Nicodemus, with all of his theological sophistication, his social status, his recognition as an expert in the law, was unfortunately missing the one thing he needed the most. He was missing some imagination. He didn't recognize a metaphor when he was sitting right there in front of his face. Frederick Beekner has a little fun with Nicodemus in one of his books when he says he wonders about this guy. He says, I can kind of get it for him. Just how was he supposed to pull a thing like that off when you were pushing 65 and it was sometimes a challenge just to get out of bed in the morning? Could a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and was all he could do to enter a taxi without having the driver come around and push him in from behind? But Jesus doesn't lack, let this lack of imagination slow him down. Not in the least. He keeps talking, finally concluding with John's editorial observation on the whole Nicodemus matter. For God so loved the world that he gave his own son his only son, as I was taught to say it, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. And whether that was all that clear to Nicodemus or not, Jesus stayed the course here, and the message is as true today as it was back then. God alone can show us the pathway to salvation. God alone can make us a part of God's family. It has nothing to do with our heritage or our background or what we have done in the world. And it has everything to do with what God has done in Jesus Christ and is continuing to do today. Salvation is a gift from God as surely as being born is a gift from God. We are as powerless to save ourselves as a newborn child is to create himself. 
only fear that I'm not an expert in babies. <laughs> Carol and I had two of our own and five grandchildren, and I've been privileged to baptize hundreds of little ones over the years, but I'm not an expert about babies. I will just be clear about that. Still, I am pretty sure about this. Babies are totally dependent on those who give birth to them and provide for their every need. They like to be fed, they like to be held, they like to be changed, and they like to feel secure, and they are totally dependent on others to make that possible. They are dependent on mothers and fathers and granddaddies and grandmamas and others who make their lives possible. And that provides the best food possible for what it means to be born again or born from above. Salvation is nothing we do for ourselves. It is a gift given by our God out of God's love for us just the way we are. Being born again or born from above means we understand that we have been loved and given God's gifts of faith and hope, not because we are perfect, not because we always get it right, not because we have perfect attendance, pens, know the Bible backwards and forwards, and not because we are sometimes more morally appropriate than some of our neighbors. No, it is because God and God's good pleasure decided to give us God's gift of new life and salvation through Jesus Christ just because God's nature is love. And because we are so grateful for this gift of life we have been given, we then dedicate ourselves to living the way Jesus lived. We too choose the life of love, which means, of course, that we choose the way of service, the life of compassion, the life of caring for others in Jesus' name. You see, faith is a gift, and salvation is a gift, and we can do nothing to earn them. We can simply recognize that this is a gift we have received, which we give thanks. Once we have received that gift, we also acknowledge that we have been changed in some pretty important ways. See, to be born again means you see the world as if for the first time you become open to the newness and the beauty and the goodness all around you. To be born again or to be born from above means that you love passionately, that you love life and the loved people that God has given you for love. You will love your nation your city, your neighbors, the ones who need you, the children who need you to love with childlike wonder and grace. And it is to trust God with your life and your future, whatever your future might look like this morning, as surely as a newborn trust his or her mother, father, If Nicodemus in his old age came to see Jesus, and Jesus challenged Nicodemus to open his eyes and ears and mind and heart, challenged him to just not start acting again, but to be alive, to be born again, to be born anew, to see that God still had plans for his life. The most important of all in that moment was to believe that what Jesus was saying was true. This is what the language of being born again or born from love means. That's why this image of the birth is so incredibly appropriate. New birth is a gift from God. That's the way it works. Or at least that's the way God designed it to work. But here's the tricky part. Sometimes we don't want to live by God's love alone. Sometimes we want a faith.
faith that operates more like the world operates, where you get what you deserve and you earn what you receive. A part of us is more comfortable in a world where we don't have to deal with unconditional love. David Lowe tells the story of a friend who had to discipline his six-year-old son over his behavior at bedtime. It seemed that the child didn't like going to bed when he was told his wife repeated instructions to do so. Frustrated by his father's refusal to budge, Benjamin finally became so frustrated that he finally said, Daddy, I hate you. His daddy, a man named Tom, possessing the wisdom that I often wish I had when my children were small, said, I'm sorry you feel that way, Ben, but I still love you. And then what do you think Benjamin said? Well, it's okay, or maybe, Dad, I love you too.
Jesus is asking Nicodemus to turn his life upside down, not just to think outside the box, but to move to a new theological house altogether. And I can certainly understand that's a very difficult thing to do. Let me end with this. I'm happy to remind you that this is not the last time we meet Nicodemus in Scripture. Nicodemus shows up in chapter 19 in John's Gospel after the crucifixion of Jesus. He appears alongside Joseph of Arimathea who begged for the body of Jesus for its burial. And Nicodemus also was there bringing many pounds worth of myrrh and aloes to embalm the body of Jesus. They together took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices and in a place where Jesus was crucified. They were part of making that place of care possible. Understand that for Nicodemus, this was a remarkably courageous and intimate witness. One has to believe then that somewhere along the way, Nicodemus came to trust God's love for him just the way he was. Nicodemus, I think, came to believe that even an old man can start a new life. It seems likely to me that Jesus' words did in fact take with him that he himself came to know himself as one of the beloved. So it comes to all of us. Do we trust God's love as the foundation of our lives? Have we been born again or born from above to a life of faith, hope, and love? I hope it will be that we can say, yes, Lord, thank you for loving me this much. Let us pray.
is Father's Day, and with that in mind, I would like to uh, use for our time of prayer together, prayer that really has lived out the important role of, of, of fathers in the lives of many of us, but also with awareness that for some folks this is a difficult day or perhaps a painful day. We recognize that as well. But we want to give thanks to God's gift to fathers, and so the prayer today will center around that reality. Let us pray. God, who loved the world so much that he sent his only Son among us, hear now our prayers. Touch us with your love. Help us to come into your presence, to seek your blessing, so that we might be a blessing to others. Touch now, we pray, all fathers, with your grace. Help us to be grateful for the ways we have been blessed by such men. We give you thanks for all the times we have been blessed by their good character, wisdom, helpfulness, and care. We thank you as well for those who have been like a father to us, who have provided needed directions, encouragement, and hope at those times when it was needed most. We thank you, O oh God, for the gift of family. We thank you, God, for our families. We thank you, God, for your family, for the families you have given us on earth, and for the families you have bestowed on us by our rebirth. We pray also today for those for whom this day carries special challenges. We pray for them gifts of healing, forgiveness, and your peace wherever it is needed. And we likewise pray for your presence today with those who grieve, those who have perhaps entrusted their parents into your loving care for all eternity. Reassure them that in you the bonds of love are still connected and nurtured as the saints. And Lord, hear also our prayers today for our church, for the pastor of this church, for all those who are present and those who are unable to be here today. May they know your gifts of love. Lord, hear our prayers for our nation. We, we need love in our nation, O oh God. We need we pray that you will pour that out. We pray today, O oh God, for our world, a world marked by brokenness and in too many places, homelessness, disease and despair and hunger. Lord, blow the winds of your spirit in all places of brokenness and create hope, healing, and faith that many may be born anew to your vision of justice, righteousness, hope, love, and faith. And now we pray together using the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I am grateful today for the gift of your presence in this place of worship, for your service to the Lord in this place and throughout the community of faith. I'm grateful as well for your continuing support of this place of faith as we share our tithes and offerings. Let us continue that support with grateful hearts. For the birth is ours from Jesus Christ. Let us receive our morning offering.
We give thanks, O God, for all the gifts of this day, for all the love we have received, for all the hope that has been restored, for all the faith that has been imagined anew. We now give back unto you with grateful hearts for all of life's many gifts. Use this for your glory and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that love will continue to spread around the globe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we now the singing of the final hymn, number 492, Baptized in Water.
Just.